Now, practicing Dhamma is very much focused upon being awake to the present reality, attuning the, the heart, the attention to this present experience, how things are right now. The Dhamma is akaliko, timeless. But the things which distract the attention cause the mind to run after particular emotions and feelings, ideas, sights, sounds, smells. These come from the conditioning of this lifetime. Our birth is a living being that breathes, that eats, that feels the force of gravity, lives amongst other living beings. The family we were born in, the education we had, the language we speak, all of these different influences play into the conditioning that is experienced in this moment. So a lot needs to be let go of, and some of it is easier to recognize and to let go of than others. Hearing the sound of the wind in the trees or a machine working on the building site might be easy to let go of, but a painful memory from the past or an exciting prospect for the future, a pain in your leg, these can be much more compelling, distracting, the mind latches on and gets carried away. So even though the task or the main practice of Dhamma is to be awake in the present, it does help to consider what influences the experience of the present, the patterns of perception that we all know right now. Whether our Languages, English or Chinese or German or French, Hungarian. Whether we have illnesses or relatively healthy aches and pains. Whatever the influencing factors might be, it's of benefit to explore those, to consider what is playing into this present experience? What effect does my age have, my gender, my language? How long I've been around Buddhist practice? My role in the community as a layperson, as a monastic? What effect does this all have in the shape of the perception of the world? the patterning of sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, thinking. The very first of the seven qualities of a well-rounded person, the Sapurisa Dhamma, the first of those seven Sapurisa Dhamma, those qualities, is Dhamma Nyuta, which means, in this instance, to consider causes, where things come from. To be a well-rounded person 
have well-rounded mindfulness and wisdom, there's that active consideration. Where do things come from? Why does the world take the shape that it does in this moment? Why does that excite me? Why does that worry me? Why is that irritating? Why does that give me a warm, fuzzy feeling? Where does that come from? What's the cause of that? So dhamma means exploring causes. And the second of the seven sapurisa dhammas is atanyuta. A-T-T-H, atanyuta. Meaning wise consideration of consequences, where things are likely to be headed. So having considered the past and the present, where is this likely to go? What is this likely to transform into? Where does this lead? Based on experience, based on understanding the patterns of the world. So in developing mindfulness and wisdom, appreciation of the present and a skillful way of relating to present experience, these are very powerful, skillful tools to develop. Dhammanyuta, considering causes. Atanyuta, considering effects. The philosopher George Santayana famously wrote, Those who do not learn from the past are condemned to repeat it. Very wise observation. (laughs) Those who do not learn from the past are condemned to repeat it, whether it's apparent or not. We follow those familiar patterns unless we learn what brings benefit and we strengthen that. We learn what brings harm and we let go of that. So if we want to stop repeating the painful habits of the past, we need to learn how they work. Why do things take shape in this way? So even though the primary practice of Dhamma is attunement to the present reality, consideration of the past is a support for that, to learn from the past. What has happened? Why did it happen? What were the causes? Why did it take shape in that way? A consideration of the past then is not to build a self-view like, oh, I did this and I did that and that happened to me and I'm really proud of that or that happened to me and that was really awful, that was terrible. Building up a field of self-view around memories of the past. But rather exploring the past in order to support the quality of Realizing not-self. This is how nature works. This action was taken. This was the result. So it's not to dwell in nostalgia or regret or resentment. But instead it's the opposite. To understand how those patterns work. To free the heart from self-view. From conceit from 
eye-making and mind-making. In considering the past, first of all, I'd like to encourage an exploring of things that we resent, grudges, the patika, a feeling of grudge or resentment, having been badly treated or hard done by, cheated, betrayed, let down, disappointed. Those who've hurt you, taken advantage of you, disrespected you. Even just saying those words, it can sound painful, just hearing the concepts, let alone remembering the events. So, exploring the past, don't be afraid to look at those. Things of our childhood, if we were badly treated as a child, our parents abandoned us or neglected us or We were given poor treatment, harshly related to by our sisters and brothers or school teachers, people that we grew up with, people prejudiced against us. To not be afraid, to look at those painful memories, painful aspects, the feeling of being rejected, looked upon as inferior or not belonging, not worth anything. These are painful influences in one's life, things that it's natural to feel resentment about. But to consider these in terms of cause and effect, that's what happens. Is it still being carried around? When I hear that person's name, what happens in the heart? Do I lurch and feel, huh? Don't want to think about them. What happens? What shape does it take? And to feel that, to know that in terms of cause and effect. You're not saying that it's a good thing that you were badly treated or that your parents abandoned you or that you were bullied or rejected, mistreated. But that having happened, here's the result. Here's the cause, here's the effect. It feels like this. So those painful effects of the past are being received, known in the present. We can't undo past causes, but we can change the attitude towards the effects as they are felt here and now. Then at the other end of the scale, to consider the past and to bring to mind that which we're grateful for, the incredible efforts that people made to look after us, to tend us when we were ill, or to care for us, educate us. People who are noble friends, who sacrifice things to look out for us. Gestures of incredible generosity and warmth, friendliness, comfort. Caring. Well, considering the past is not just a matter of a catalogue of painful things, also to 
consciously recollect the things that we're grateful for. Not to create an attitude of debt, indebtedness. You did all of that for me, therefore now I owe you, or you're expecting me to be like this or like that, to repay the debt. No, just... Katanyu means knowledge of what is done. The word for gratitude, kata, what was done, anyu, to know, to acknowledge, to know what was done. So to let that feeling of gratitude, appreciation, let that into the heart, feel that, know that as a cause. What happened in the past that affects the present. And then our own actions to consider things that we regret that we have done, ways that we were cruel or unkind, selfish, blind to the needs of others, uncaring, taking advantage of others. Again, just saying the words can feel painful, we can feel ourselves wincing, like, I don't want to think about that, that was horrible what I did. Can't believe I said that, I did that. Don't want to think about it. But the point of bringing these things to attention is to see them in a non-personal way. Not to pretend they didn't happen or that they weren't unskillful. If we lied or cheated or caused harm to others, betrayed others, cheated, lied, stole, harmed, Those are painful things. But to recollect and to forgive. This kind of actions are the cause of these painful memories, feelings of regret, embarrassment. That's the cause, this is the effect. This is the way nature works. It doesn't have to be seen in a personal way. Yes, to bring up a certain memory can be embarrassing. But what is it that's embarrassed? Who does that belong to? It's a memory. And if we genuinely bring these things to mind, receive them, know here's the cause, here's the effect, then we're actively learning from the past. So that helps us not to repeat the things that cause pain, difficulty, division. And often the most challenging of these recollections I like to encourage is to bring to mind your own goodness. Not to be inflated or proud or waving your achievements in people's faces, but to recognize, I'm glad I did that. That was a good thing to do. I helped that person. That was a gesture of self-sacrifice. I made the effort. And it was helpful. People appreciated it. That was kind. That living being was rescued. As a warm glow in the heart to remember the good that was done. If it was somebody else who did it, you'd be happy to praise them. But often if it's me that did something good, then 
we shy away from it, we feel embarrassed or we're worried that we'll become egotistical or inflated. But the Buddha encouraged this kind of recollection, chaganusati, to recollect your own generosity, your own goodness. Let that brightness of heart that comes from wholesome action be appreciated. Again, not to feed self-view, but to recognize when action and speech are noble, are generous, unselfish, compassionate, here is the result. Brightness, joyfulness, peacefulness. Punya is exactly that brightness of heart that comes as a result of skillful action. Let it be appreciated. Let it be a a basis for self-respect. For ease of body and mind. For samadhi. For panya. Now if we genuinely learn from the past what was skillful, what was unskillful, then it helps the past to be let go of. Not fascinated or embarrassed about our own story. It's learning how the world works. Then learning those lessons, let that guide the skillful causes being planted in the present to ripen as wholesome, peaceful, liberating qualities in the future. We can't undo past causes, but we can relate to the effects of those past causes skillfully here and now. That skillful way of receiving those effects creates fresh causes in the present that are wholesome, noble, liberating, that will ripen in wholesome, liberating effects in the future. It's how the practice works. It's not a personal thing. It's just working with nature, learning from nature. That learning supports mindfulness and wisdom, and the more that's acted upon, then the more this life is fully in accord with nature. And the result of it is peacefulness, freedom, perfect ease.